2: For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. And then you did fall in love. Yep. It, it doesn't sink in like you're very thoughtful. I'm sure you put like a lot of energy it's and first, effort and you're into smart. Your romantic you're very intelligent. Life. You literally you, you <laughs> Thank you. You, you, you counsel people on this topic. Yeah. So it seems like you wouldn't take it very lightly. Like it's not something you'd bullshit.
1: hmm
2: So how do you it, it, <laughs> How did this happen? Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Potter and I'm Karen Lee Potter. My mother and I are chatting about sex twice a week because it's a fun fricking, uncomfortable conversation that we like to broach.
0: With you, Sneaky Freaks. That's our audience, that's our listeners,
2: the Sneaky Freaks. If you're just joining, we record twice a week. We release on Mondays and Thursdays. On Mondays, we answer your riveting questions about your your cuckolding fetishes. About, or
0: other, uh,
2: thats what you come up
0: with, the cockholding
2: fetishes. I feel like they all have questions about cockholding, or maybe voyeurism. About voyeurism, about anything that your little heart desires, you can text us or leave us a voicemail at yes text mom. And on Thursdays, we have a very special guest. And this week, and t- we have special guest Taylor Nolan. Wow,
0: you might remember her because she was not only on The Bachelor, she was on The Bachelor in Paradise.
2: She it's a won. The Bachelor in Paradise. She ended up with a guy named Derek Peth on the fourth season of Bachelor in Paradise. They were engaged. He proposed at the reunion show, and she accepted. Then they split up. And now (laughs) we get to hear from her about what it's like to go on The Bachelor, go on The Bachelor in Paradise, to have your whole life on display. But you know what? She's way
0: deeper than what you're thinking. uh, Very, very unusual girl. I mean... I was v- super impressed by her. She's really intelligent. She went to John Hopkins, for undergrad. she's got her psychology or, well, I don't know, a therapy degree of some sort. She's, she's training to be a sex.: in, Yeah. She's trained to be a sexologist. She's, she's pretty uh, really bright Very and funny. Bright.
2: And I would say there's a charisma to her that just I, draws yeah. you in.:
0: Yeah, she's magnetic. You have that same charisma, cam. D- don't give me that bullshit. I'm serious. You do. You think people are drawn in? Yes. Come on. It's a different than her.
2: Yeah. How would you describe it, our difference?
0: Well, she's kinda like um Sophia Vergara. No, she's smarter than that. Um, she's kinda like um She's grounded. She's grounded. She's cool. She,
2: yeah, she's it, it, she's yeah, authentically she, herself. She's yeah, a and, flying fuck if someone is licking her armpits. Which you'll hear about in our Patreon bonus episode.
0: Wait, why did you bring the armpits up right now? I okay, thought it was well, interesting. Whatever. But the and you're kind of like a younger Larry David.
2: And there's a charisma to that as well. Yes. All right. In a good way. I wanted to mention. Uh, so so this is a really fun interview, and I'm, I'm excited to explore the reality TV with you all. You don't need a his. You don't need to have watched The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise to enjoy this. I have not seen a goddamn episode of either show. Uh, But you're missing out you're missing out cam because it's really it's
0: compelling I I don't watch reality TV
2: a lot but when I do I'm like sucked in so I actually did watch uh, a Colton finale with with you and uh, my grandma my grandma fucking loves this shit she does she's
0: 87 years old she's got Parkinson's and she's mesmerized by Colton
2: she's watching the TV she's shaking in excitement
0: (laughs) that's really nice Anyway, so we have a lot of other stuff to talk about, though.
2: Namely, that we're having a Patreon party. We're hanging out on Zoom. on Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, which is Tuesday, May 5th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. We're having a little fiesta. And guess what? We have our 300th episode coming out next Thursday. Of Sex Talk with My Mom, our our podcast.
0: It's amazing. 300? Isn't that impossible?
2: So we're thinking about potentially uh, incorporating our our patrons into that episode. So to be part of this episode, to be part of our patron community, and to support our show. To be a little sneaky freak. To hear more about Taylor Nolan's intimate sex life. We really go in the deep oh, end with do we the bonus into, the patron episode over there.
0: It's actually one of the best descriptions of, of of great sex that I think I've ever heard. And that's a that's a huge compliment coming from me because I've heard many stories about
2: great sex. So for all of these wonderful, wonderful things Please go to patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. Support our show. It really helps us, especially during this economic downturn when advertisers are not coming in as quickly. Uh, and we really love connecting with you that way.
0: You, you are a special member of our family then.
2: Yes. So, Mother, I think
0: we should let them. So, you didn't tell them how to do it. It's, it's patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. You did not say that.
2: I did. Okay. Well,
0: it's patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom
2: all right i think we gotta let him have it mother all right you guys
0: stay tuned this is a good one get ready
2: enjoy taylor nolan welcome to the show thank you
1: so much for having me i'm excited
2: i'm very excited to have you in in preparing for this interview uh i did a lot of research
1: (laughs) as i
0: did too
2: the bachelor the bachelor in paradise yes and I've, I really have not watched much of it before, mm-hmm. but I I'm actually now in, in love with the show. I think <laughs> you're secretly it,
1: addicted to I, it. Cam? I think I got
2: to start watching it now.
1: It, I mean, it is, what better time than now? <laughs> yeah, really, it is
2: amazing. I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine how. It, okay, so this is where I want to start. Yeah. Do you you are on these shows? You were on The Bachelor. You were on the in Bachelor in Paradise. Are you actually falling in love with these people?
1: Some people are, yes. (laughs) Uh,
2: How? I'm 31 years old. Mm -hmm. I barely... I I meet people all the time. Yeah. now, but I I could barely fall in love with them without (laughs) cameras on me, without Mm -hmm. this you
1: know, well, by the the time, by the time you go on paradise, you were already on bachelor or bachelorette. And both of those shows, I mean, you get used to the cameras being around you. It's super intense, like a lot of pressure, whereas paradise is like way more relaxed. And I mean, it can be easy to fall in love in that environment because you have nothing except the people that are there. You know, you have no phone, you have no TV, like no distractions other than the drama that's happening. So, I mean, it's easy to get very rapid, Wrapped up in someone um, in general, but then on that show where you're being constantly asked questions about, you know, how much you like them and, um, you know, what you see with them, like, could you see them getting down on one knee, right? Like you're, you're being asked these questions constantly where it's just planting these seeds in your head and getting you really excited. (laughs) It's so, it's so like the
0: opposite. I feel like the cam, you're like the opposite of that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm a monk pretty much. I, He's I, looking I, for love, but it's like it, I don't think he could I don't know, Cam, how do you feel about like the having the spotlight on you while you're looking for love?
2: Uh not not good. I so I, <laughs> not I kind good. of feel like that now. Like I think that yeah. our podcast mm-hmm. is kind of a reality show in a way. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm regularly talking about my love life on our show which ends up backfiring yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that happens to me on Instagram sometimes too, and I'm like, really?
2: <laughs> yeah, I read something. I, I read an article that you were quoted. Or, listen to this. It, it was a Us Magazine article. Okay. Yeah. And it was. It was. I'm reading this article about how you broke up with this guy that you met yeah. on Bachelor of Paradise. Mm-hmm. Darren Peth.
0: Is this a Peth? how do you say yeah, his name? Path. Okay so then they Pate.
2: say
1: Payth, sorry, Paythe, yeah. Paith,
0: Path, it's all the same.
2: Yeah. At the end <laughs> at the end of this article, it says a source told us magazine Taylor wouldn't rule out the possibility of being together with her ex. Mm-hmm. It, meanwhile, <laughs> like a paragraph before, it just says like, Yeah, I'm not doing that. Okay. So yeah. you're the spotlight is so on you that you got people who who the fuck is this source?
0: Yeah. Are there sources that you know of that are giving this information out? <laughs>
1: Basically, anyone could be a source at this point. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Cam was a source. I know. I was the source. <laughs> Cam, <laughs> you might have been the source. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I talk to people and I, and I think that that's in confidence, but it's it's not. It's not always. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm always like I try to be open minded. I try to not just look at things as black or white um, and yeah yeah did, did well i I noticed, I noticed I noticed things
0: that i know I noticed a little when I did my research that you have a similar background to me or um background in because I, I have a social work degree and a master's in social work mm-hmm. and you have a degree in therapy as well
1: yeah, yeah, I have a master's in clinical mental health counseling yeah yeah
0: so you're you're on this show where these people are deliberately trying to stir up drama all the time mm hmm they got people on there that are probably drama queens anyway. That's why they're on there. Yes. So how do, how do you keep yourself like sane? What Or do you end up having to like want to do therapy on everybody that's there, including the people prodding you with these questions?
1: Well, that was definitely a big part of my first time around when I was on Bachelor um, where I wasn't. Really subjective in my experience, I very much took on that role of being the observer and wanting to help people where I saw that obvious help was was needed and was, you know, in a way being asked for but not really wanted. um and that definitely, you know, was not a good move on my end. And I learned a lot from that experience. And on Paradise, it was a lot different where, you know, I didn't really. I definitely made myself more subjective and was like, I'm here for me. And I really want to focus on, you know, potentially building a relationship. And so that experience obviously ended up much different. Got it. Because I mean, I remember when I went to a strip club Hmm.
0: with back in the days when I was, you know, single and I couldn't believe like the like these girls are talking to me about their problems and the, and I was not even I'm like what are you doing lap The strippers from? are
2: are telling yeah. you about
0: their problems yeah I, I next thing I know I'm talking to them about like what vibrators they use and yeah. and talking about their problems with guys or this and that and I'm, how does I that happen did you, <laughs> you would, what how, you, knowing me Cam
1: how do you think that happens. <laughs> But and why can't, can't what, you, I, I find interesting. interesting? You said, "Well, when you were single, but could you not go to a strip club now with your partner?" Well, I was saying I was there, like with with you know, and as a single woman, it's okay, different yeah. than going with my
0: yeah. boyfriend now. Yeah, yeah of course, I, I my boyfriend used to work at a strip club, so it, well, it's, it's, okay, not, there we go. This is yeah, this <laughs> is not something foreign to me, um, but. It's just like, I just kept talking to these girls like, well, let, let's talk about this. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm playing a mother to all of them, yeah. which ends up happening <laughs> on our mm-hmm. podcast too. But as a social worker, it's hard to like extricate yourself out of that role of being a social worker.
1: Definitely. And when I went into Paradise, for me, it was just kind of like, no, like this is about me. Like everyone, like it's, other people's problems are not my responsibility. And when it comes to, you know, my actual work as a therapist, I have very clear boundaries around that. But when I'm in an environment where like, I just, (laughs) I so badly want to help, but I know that it's not my place, it does become difficult. And I just have to be like, nope, just be here for you. Like, you know, it's not, not your problem. It's sad to watch and I wish I could help, but it's not my responsibility. Because I think
0: picking, people that have like they're not going to pick boring people they're picking fiery ass tempers and you know Mm -hmm. people that that are going to have some serious drama going on just this circling around them in a you know crazy way
1: yeah they've got a a wide range of personalities that that they have on the show so it's always interesting
2: what drove you (laughs) to want to want to do it that's a
1: good question cam yeah so it wasn't something that i wanted off the bat um I was single and we were my family and I were watching Jojo's premiere and they do the like ABC casting commercial and my stepdad had came home from a Mariners game like pretty wasted and just started badgering me and was like oh my god Taylor you'd be so good on this show like you've gotta go on like you'd be telling these girls like you'd go on and psychoanalyze and exactly what we just (laughs) talked about yes he was like so pumped about this and like (laughs) would not leave me alone about it literally all night so I went on we went we pulled up the website and then they have like just a basic demographic information and a photo and like why you'd want to come on the show application. So I filled that out and was like, there you go. Happy, <laughs> like, leave me alone now. And to my surprise, the next day they called me and were, like, <laughs> <laughs> actually interested. And... um you know, I I still kind of like took it as a bit of a joke and I was like, you know, sure, like, okay. And my girlfriend, I my girlfriend came with me to the casting call and the like director of casting like pulled me out of line and was like, oh, like, hey Taylor, like we're really looking forward to your interview. And that was when it really sunk in and I was like, oh shit, like, this is serious. Like, this, this could happening. actually happen. And then I really had, like, after that, you know, left with the folder and was like they wanted to take next steps. And then in my head, it was kind of like, wait, this could, like, actually be a thing. Like, do I actually want to do this? Why would I do it? And this was um, – So I was single in uh, December 2015. I graduated from my master's May 2016. And then the casting came up in June. And I was like, well, you know, I did my bachelor's in three years, went straight to my master's. At this rate, I'm going to be fully licensed by the time I'm 25. Like I'm good to go with my career. And it was like, you know a lot of the work i was doing with my clients was around vulnerability and shame and for me i was trying to really challenge myself personally with how can i be vulnerable in my dating and how can i also in that practice letting go of control cuz that was a big thing for me again my life everything was planned out i was like everything's in my control like i got this and then i was like well you know this experience would it would encapsulate me practicing all of those things it would be a huge challenge in letting go of control because literally nothing's in your control like from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep like there's very little things that like you are doing just for you because you want to do them and you know from what gets aired you don't have any control over that what doesn't get aired you have no idea like all of this was an experience letting go of control but also in how how are you going to show up how are you going to be vulnerable not only with the women but with the lead as well right how are you going to cultivate that relationship and nourish that and show up authentically and so in my head I was like well you know was a big fan of Brene Brown. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to dare greatly and, like, go be vulnerable and, like, <laughs> date a stranger on national television. Oh like, why not? I'm 22 and, like, you know, had turned 23 by the time the show started filming in September 2016. Um, but that was the, kind of why I decided to go. I was like, well, you know, what wow. better time than now if I'm going to do something kind of wild like now would be the time before I actually you know start my practice and start seeing clients and i had actually already opened my practice and but hadn't seen any clients because I knew this was going to be happening and then I was like don't want to start seeing clients and then have to leave and do all this stuff um but yeah that's that's kind of how how I got on and and why I did it
0: and if you had to like think back now to when you first started would you have done anything differently Knowing d- what you know.
1: I definitely think I would have done things differently while filming. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that I would have taken back going on the show overall because I have learned so much. Granted, it was a traumatic experience for me. Like there was trauma in both shows for me that like took a lot to process and come to terms with. Um I will say, you know, everyone thought that I was the most prepared person going on to the show. And you can think you're so prepared. You can think you really know exactly how you're going to handle it. And like, I was so naive. Like, I was so young. I I did the absolute best that I could have done with the situation that I was in. And I've had to practice having a lot of self-compassion and empathy for myself in that state. But like... You know, certainly I, I would do, I could have done things differently, but I really didn't know any better. Wow. It's fascinating <laughs> to me.
2: Like, yeah. uh, like, to imagine my dating life as like a game show as well, almost. Mm-hmm. It's like it, a, it
1: is very funny. Yeah.
2: Uh, thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a game show, but that you have no control over. Right. That like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it reminds us of also the Amazing Race. We
0: are, we didn't. I, I don't know what these casting people see in us. But they they wanted Cam and I to be on the Amazing Race. Yeah, uh, if you don't know us that well, Taylor. But I literally am the most uncoordinated human that's, being on the planet. That's me. I, I, but it, Amazing Race is different. than I can handle the Bachelor. right here, like in the you know palm trees or whatever. Year. But I mean, this is like heavy duty lifting, suitcase and running, yeah. mm-hmm. and walking.
2: It would have been me lifting suitcase, <laughs> yeah. Running.
0: <laughs> we we literally did a video. It's on YouTube of like the worst amazing race audition. And they still wanted us. They still I, wanted us. That's
1: amazing. They, they got I angry actually, that we
0: said no to that.
2: I actually was on reality TV. Oh, I, I forgot about you. I did like uh, season 13 of America's Got Talent. Yeah. Oh. And, and I I got to the quarterfinals with this group of comedians. Well, he forgets to mention what this is. It's not like, oh, that's so cool. You're a comedian, stand-up comic. It wasn't
0: that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you got to tell her. She doesn't know. Well, what were was, you
1: on there
2: for? I was, I was, it was like a, it was, you were spitting in another guy's sp- mouth. Yeah, we were spit, spitters. Like we would spit like a, it was called the human fountains. We would spit, uh, <laughs> like, as a fountain. It was insane. Uh, I'm definitely going to be
1: YouTubing this after.
2: <laughs> yeah. it, it It's, uh, it was a little disgusting at t- most of the time. Um, but I, I, even in that setting where it was a real game show, I I could barely. First of all, my stomach was just in knots the mm-hmm. entire time. I would have to be like on my back for most of the days leading up to. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a lot of doing, anxiety.
2: Yeah, do what is it? What is it with the the, the type of breathing? Lamaze breathing. That's what I felt when like you're ch- I was in you're pregnant. Breath. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, that's how I felt. And, yes. and I always passed Lamaze out on stage. Yeah. I I was so close to passing out on stage. Mm -hmm. I I could only imagine if if I had my dating life like this. (laughs) So but then you were like, I'm going back for Bachelor in Paradise.
1: Yeah. Well, for Paradise, I was like, fuck it. It can't get much worse than it already was. Um, <laughs> well, what kind of
0: trauma? You said you had trauma on the first one. I mean, Cam and I unfortunately didn't have a chance to see the show, but what yeah. was the trauma? Uh,
1: the trauma was A, around like control, uh, but B, around a lot of it around my career. Um, a lot of negative comments were made around me being a therapist while really I'm not there as a therapist. Like <laughs> I'm just there as me. Uh, but yeah, it was... It's really a mind fuck, honestly. Uh, It becomes a popularity contest and it just, it was a very, very rough time for me where it felt like there was the truth as I knew it and as I experienced it and then there was what. Other people were saying I felt very, oh. very misunderstood. um Did you feel oh, like you
0: were in seventh grade, like oh, on steroids?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And just how a lot your, of how
0: was your seventh grade? I mean, I, my daughter, <clears throat> Cam's older sister, it, it was rough for her. I think even yeah. for the boys it was rough too. But girls going to seventh grade, it's like
1: mm-hmm. I, I
0: was Mama Bear was ready to kill some kids.
1: Yeah, my middle school was very tough. Um, I was living in South Carolina for middle school and experienced a lot of bullying around being biracial. um, And so a lot of racism and um, then, you know, also cyberbullying. And from the show was a lot of cyberbullying. That definitely put me in a pretty deep depression. um, And yeah, it was... It's different forms of trauma each time around. I mean, you gain this whole new identity overnight, and no one can really prepare you for how that's going to change your life. Um, and yeah, going going on Paradise was, you know, at least Paradise is paid. Where I was like, well, at least I'll make some money from this. And oh, you're not paid for the Bachelorette? No, or Bachelor. No. No. Wow, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, you. Uh, it's just like a per DM that you get paid for Paradise, but um, it was it was just kind of like, well, you know, I already went through this, and if I'm gonna do it, I would do it now while I'm still like in everything. Um, and was just kind of like, well, if anything. It can't be worse than it was last time, but I definitely still, still, still it was a, it was a rough time. <laughs> but you learn so much from the whole experience
0: about your life and about yourself and how you yeah. handle problems. It, I mean, in, in some ways it's probably the best thing that could have ever happened to you because you're so much more of a stronger human being. I mean, we've all, Cam and I have gone through major traumas and mm-hmm. it, I really feel like it's made us so much of a, like it's almost like an opportunity to make yourself a completely different person Mm -hmm. because you've gone through this, which you couldn't have said. If you just stayed home and became a therapist, you wouldn't have never been the person you are today.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways that, you know, I can look at trauma and in a way have gratitude for it. But, you know, it's not always the case for everyone. And I don't think it's the case even every day for me. There are definitely days where I don't feel grateful for that trauma at all. And I'm like, fuck it. I totally could have done without that. Um, But, you know, I do try to live my life in a way that is, open to learning about myself open to new experiences figuring out different ways to challenge myself and the show a hundred percent is an experience in um personal growth and you know there's there's so many moving parts to it all <laughs> um it's it's a very entertaining very dynamic uh social experiment totally. social experiment
0: i mean it you could be like jade and carly we were on uh, yeah yeah mommy's tell all mommy's tell all podcast Mm -hmm. and they seem like they're like the happiest i mean literally like the happiest things i've ever seen with their husbands that they met in the bachelor in paradise and their babies and their best friends and it's just like i I mean you could have a completely different experience as well it just you never know what you're gonna end up with depending on the mix of people that you get involved with
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly
2: and there's this this other element, too of like the celebrity that comes with it, mm-hmm. like you go into the show you you're you're just like, "Oh, this is gonna be interesting," and then you come off the show, you get your cell phone back, and you're like, "Why do I have hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of followers <laughs> right now yeah yeah it, it, that, that's gotta be unnerving.
1: Definitely, and like I said, it does become a popularity contest, and a lot of people struggle with some form of anxiety or depression after the show um, because it does become this really weird, like... (sighs) validation from followers and popularity and then that impacts your dating and that impacts, you know, your relationships with other people from the show and
0: You, you know. should be the therapist to deal with all the fallout after these shows. <laughs>
1: that should be a <laughs> they, sh- sh- they have someone they- that does that. But honestly from other reality shows, I've like I feel like I have became that person at times with other people from different reality oh shows, God. where like I talk after they come off, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, I feel like I'm your therapist now. And part part of me is like, maybe I should start marketing for that. Totally, you I definitely think I, it's a should. great idea.
0: Yeah, Bria, there's nobody yeah. out there. You are the the <laughs> therapist to
1: the you're dealing with PTSD, basically. Yeah, I mean, you're you're reliving this experience every season when it comes out and const I mean, I still get DMS today of like, Oh, emotional intelligence and you know, something that was used in a way to bully me. Uh, but then now people get and, try to praise me for um you know I still get those messages like regularly on a weekly daily basis um so it's you know going out of people recognizing you like it's not are you able to walk down the street without people saying can I get a picture with you or yeah it depends where where I am and it definitely fades over time if you're not continuously in the spotlight like that um but yeah, I mean, there are times that I least expected, and I'll go a month without anyone saying anything and then I'll go to some random coffee shop and then it's, you know, a group of girls that want to take a picture or I'll get a DM afterwards of like, oh, I saw you here, but like was didn't want to bother you or interrupt you. Um, you know, I'm always happy to meet people. But yeah, it's in the beginning, it felt like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to get away from this. Like, I just want to be me. Like, I'm not Taylor yeah. from Bachelor. I'm just fucking Taylor. Like, <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. was it was a little frustrating wow. at first. They don't, so, they don't give you the warnings up, up front. Like,
0: this is, this is what you'll be going through. You're going to be an inst- no. overnight sensation. I mean,
1: maybe, maybe they do now. They could be doing that now. I don't know. But no, not, not for me. I didn't receive that
2: have Have you found that the celebrity has helped or hindered your your dating and career?
1: I don't think it's helped my dating at all. <laughs> the um, way you said that. <laughs> definitely has not helped my dating um yeah, and career is interesting because you know, I'm able to have the podcast. I'm able to do partnerships on Instagram, which I don't necessarily consider career. They're more kind of like jobs for me because for me, my career is being a therapist, what I went to school for. And, you know, I took, I didn't fully open up my practice until um, last year. Like the end of this month will be like one year since I saw my first client in my private practice. And it's, definitely took some time for me to go back to that which I think was appropriate and I think was needed and necessary Um, but it's it's just made things different in ways that I didn't really ever think that you know I would have opportunities for certain things or that I would be dealing with certain situations within therapy as a therapist you know going over um, social media policies is something that for most your average therapist is just kind of like a brief thing that's like you know okay yeah like I just I'm not gonna follow you back you know for um xyz whereas for me it's like (laughs) my social media disclosure piece is legit like four pages (laughs) of just like you know uh benefits of it you know disadvantages of it um you know clients That follow me, you know, that's like an ongoing conversation of like how that feels, you know, and how do we interact? And and I didn't even think of this. Yeah. I've been giving away.
0: I've been giving away free therapy for the last <laughs> 40 years, you know? Yeah. That's why I say I, I, I may not be practicing social work, but I'm giving it away constantly. Yeah. <laughs> when you have kids, you give it away to your mm-hmm. friends, kids, parents, yeah. the whole gamut, everybody. You're always doing it. Mm-hmm.
2: Have, have you seen people come to you just because they, they like you on the show and they're like, oh, I, I kind of want to. N-
1: yeah, no. So um, I go, I do some screening before I meet a client obviously that's not happening in person anymore now I'm just doing virtual therapy exclusively but um yeah you know I I ask those questions um you know do they follow me where did they find me um if we've interacted before and someone like I've never had a situation where someone has just hopped on a consultation call with me and just been like I just really like want to meet you like I really loved you on the show like no, like there's definitely like people that I'll speak to and they're like, you know, yeah, I follow you and really appreciate like what you share. And, you know, I feel like it's really relatable for me because I want to work through, you know, this Anxiety and sexuality and X Y Z. So, like the people that I see, like they're genuinely coming to therapy because they want to do therapy. Um, they know that this is not a meet and greet, right? Like they're paying one hundred fifty dollars to have an actual therapy session. And for me, it's very important that they're specific and like what they actually want to be getting out of therapy. And to me, it's like it becomes pretty obvious if someone just is trying to message me or see me as a therapist because they're fangirling or if they are genuine about wanting to, you know, experience therapy.
0: I've been thinking about masturbation lately. Oh, you've just been thinking about it? I've been thinking about how important it is to masturbate, and sometimes if you're not in the mood, you're not going to be wet down there as a woman, so you need to use some freaking lube.
2: And you know what kind of lube I like to use? What? Uber lube. Uber lube. It's just silicone with a little vitamin E. The E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes the skin. You know, usually if I'm jerking off, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I Honestly, I don't often use lube because I don't want to deal with the mess afterwards I've got, I got a, my dick is all sticky it's got all the shit on it I, <laughs> I have to go in the shower immediately after I, now I, now it's a masturbation and a shower now with this shit no nah, no nah. Uberloop you put that on there it's just a nice thin layer of lube. It performs just as long as you want it to. And then it quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue.
0: I didn't realize this, but water-based lube absorbs into the skin. This does not absorb in the skin. Oh, no, no, no. It stays on like a nice moisturizer. Uber Lube is definitely my favorite of all time. And I've been using lubes all my life. So I speak from a wise old perspective, Cam.
2: Right now, Uberlube is offering Sex Talk with My Mom listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use the code MOM, M-O-M, at uberlube.com. It's 10% off, free shipping. Just use code MOM at uberlube.com.
0: I mean, who wants to have a dried up old pussy down there? You want to have a lubricated
2: pussy. Oh my God. So, so many questions <laughs> r- related to this because i'm very interested in therapy mm-hmm. in in the sense of like becoming a therapist on the line maybe yeah and, and then i imagine these people are going to have access to my whole yeah past five years of me mm-hmm. p- complaining about my premature ejaculation to yeah. my mother they yeah. don't need to fucking hear this, this why not, not gonna,
0: yeah why embarrassed? They, that,
2: that's going to help with the therapy
0: <laughs> yes if you could do that so, then you, obviously you'll be an open therapist
1: So I I, I hear you on that. And I think, you know, our lives have changed so much like since I was in school for this. And I think the therapy world has a lot to catch up on in terms of how technology is shifting the therapeutic relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. Most things for individuals are public. Most things of our lives we've shared publicly in some form. Now, there's a big difference between being open about your life in your personal platforms versus being in your therapy session with your client, saying, "Hey, did you see my podcast this weekend where I talked about premature <laughs> ejaculation?" Like, that's not what we're doing in session. So, like, it's very yeah. important to discuss those boundaries because, yeah, a client could go and Google, Google me and find out so much about my life, and that's going to be on them. That's going to be on them to decide, you know, was that beneficial to our relationship? How is that going to play a role in this? And for me, I think it's a cool opportunity to be able to in a sense, model showing up authentically and like being able to own your shit, right? Like mm-hmm. I try to make sure that anything that I do share publicly is a authentic representation of who I am and what I believe in. So I might share a post about uh, pubic hair, right? Or I might share a post about, uh, you know, supporting supporting Bernie Sanders, right? And my clients know that if they choose to search me in a public platform or follow me in a public platform, that they may find things about me that they disagree with, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that I can't treat them. Like if we have different political views, that doesn't mean that, you know, I think badly of them or that we can't work together. Um, It's, Again, just important to have those open conversations with your clients to understand the differences between self disclosure in session versus if they are taking the intentional, conscious decision to go and search for that information or to make themselves open to receiving that information by following me, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, I try to make sure that everything that I post is helpful in some way because, yeah, me sharing about um, getting ghosted by a bumble date, like, isn't something I'm going to talk about in session, but me sharing that could be helpful for other people. And it could be helpful for a client. It could be a level of relatability. Like I think more and more people are wanting to see therapists and professionals that they can relate to like this whole like blank slate of, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just this like 40 in blank slate with like nothing happened here. I'm not giving you anything. I don't think is working for majority of people. And I think, you know, in part is is contributing to some people's negative stereotypes of therapists and also is part of what has pushed therapists in boxes where then they are being shamed for showing up fully authentically themselves because people expect them to just be this blank slate, you know, blah person with no life and mm-hmm. i think we see that like with teachers too right like when you see your teacher out at the yeah. grocery store you're like whoa like she's a she real person <laughs> yeah, yeah right It it is a weird thing but to me i think that's really powerful to be like yes i'm a therapist but i'm also a person
2: yeah i, I remember going to so my last therapist uh I, you know we had such an intimate relationship in the in the room and then every time i even I, I pretty much only bumped into him in the bathroom afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's like the only time outside of the the, the session I'd see him, mm-hmm. and it would be so fucking awkward. <laughs> yeah, i I'd just
0: feel yeah, like, especially kind of, if you see a therapist out at a social thing, it's it's like you're like, yeah. oh my god.
2: I that actually
1: saw actually goes out at night. I saw a client at a um uh it was it was like a music festival here in Seattle, and it was, I want to say it was like. T Pain or something that was like singing at the like rapping at the and yeah, an old old client had had came up to me and was just like, Hey, like I really hope you're doing well and like it's nice to see you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. Hi (laughs) (laughs) and and it I mean, she was no longer a, a client of mine, but yeah, I mean, there's always that possibility of like running into clients like anywhere. But again, you know, it's like yeah, I'm not going to feel shameful that I'm like, you know, here jamming out to like I'm in love with a stripper, uh, yeah. you know, um, no, even you shouldn't. Yeah. I and mean, even, I, when
0: I was when I was a school social worker, I was in my early 20s and I'm supposed to be teaching parents how to parent, which mm-hmm. I obviously had no training in because I was 22 <laughs> years old or whatever it was. Didn't have any kids of my own. And you end up having to, like, put on a role. Like, I would dress, like, very matronly just to look older so that people would respect me more as, as like, a a teacher Mm -hmm. as to how to do, you know, parenting skills and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and I definitely... had that phase where i felt like i had to always be in this certain box of what a therapist should be all the time and mm-hmm. that was part of being on bachelor as well that challenged me of like no i don't have to be this person all the time for everyone like fuck that um hey, i'm so still- we
0: talk about the sex what how <laughs> do you have sex in front of the cameras i mean it's besides you're not obviously you're not in the, in the porn industry so how does that ha- yeah i'm always looking at that going
1: How do they feel comfortable doing this? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, on Paradise, I didn't feel comfortable because in the room that you could stay in, you literally have like a mic on your bed and like night cameras in there. So I didn't, we didn't do anything there. But in Fantasy Suite is usually where people reserve that time because there's no cameras and no mics. So, yeah. And do they, do do the producers
0: like push you like saying, okay, tonight we want you to fuck.
1: No, <laughs> no, no. Um, if anything. it's fuck night. <laughs> yeah, right? If anything, it's like, yeah, like, are you feeling like pressure around tonight? You know, this is your opportunity. Like, you know, are you excited about potentially being able to do that with him? Like, it's more questions like that. But yeah, I mean, everyone kind of knows that, like, that's what people look forward to doing in the fantasy suite. Um, you know, I don't think like everyone doesn't. You know, it's not like it's. Required that you do, but a lot of people use that as an opportunity to. But you, and you know, like the guy had sex with someone the night before, and then you're like, oh, but
0: I'm going to have sex with them tonight. I mean, it actually goes on, I'm sure. I mean, I am not an authority, but I'm guessing that happens.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's not so different from daily life. Reality. Yeah. Yeah, except in this situation, you know, or like you you will at least have some kind of confirmation. Whereas for most people, you know, in dating, they have no idea if that person was with someone the night before. There's usually not communication, sadly, around that.
2: Oh, so you think you'd prefer to to know, like, who – I guess I would prefer to know, but – I never told. Who who it is, (laughs) I don't need to know, like, the person intimately. Like, you're actually, like, spending a lot of time with the people that are also – yeah. Mhm. So it is
0: so that like, so, so a girl can wild. say to you, I had the best sex with Timmy last night, you know, and you're like, "Oh, hmm, maybe I should try it." <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't think it goes that way on on bachelor and bachelorette. It's very different in terms of fantasy suite versus with paradise. Um I I did not do fantasy suite on bachelor, um but I mean it's a lot more emotional and highly pressured at that point. Whereas Paradise, yes, it does still feel like there's pressure, but it's typically <laughs> that person is only dating you. <laughs> so there isn't like a, you know, oh, just last night, you know, they were with someone else.
2: Are, how do you feel about your identity being so tied to the show? Like right now, are you? would you rather be talking about like your therapy <laughs> practice or what's going on in your personal life than like something that happened years ago?
1: I like that you asked that question. Um, It depends. It's a different part of like my brain and my personality that turns on when I'm answering questions about the show where um, it definitely takes me back and isn't. <sighs> Some days I'm like, I'm on and I'm like, I got it. And I'm like, this is what it was. And other days it just feels like, I'm on, and it feels a little draining, and it feels like, oh, yeah, I'm still talking about this stuff, but, like, I know it will always be a part of my life, and there is a lot to it, and that's what, like, that's part of why I do still talk about it, because there's a lot to learn from that experience. Um, You know, obviously there's things I love talking about that I really light up around doing sex therapy and around dating. And um, I'm like really, I'm a big farm lady. I love farms and and (laughs) vegetables and supporting our local farmers. Like there are things like that that I really light up around. But You know, I, again, always try to stay open and I check in with what my emotional energy is going into any kind of interview where I know I'm going to be a little bit on and having to discuss, um, you know, these things that happened three years ago that (laughs) are a big, huge part of my life. (laughs) I can see why they
0: chose you, but I'm wondering on a piece of paper, how Mm -hmm. do they choose you? You say they pulled you out of line
1: just from what you wrote. So from... What I believe, this has never been like vocalized to me, but I think that they saw a 22-year-old Johns Hopkins graduate who was biracial and single and a therapist, and they were like, boom. This is unique stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And they saw a picture of you.
1: Yeah, there was a picture, basically in that information, they gathered that I was 22, I was had just graduated from Johns Hopkins with my master's in counseling and that I was biracial and a photo of me. So I think they saw that information
0: and they were like... average. That's different. I'm imagining that there must be how many hundreds of thousands of applicants? Oh, yeah. And they're all probably in the same demographic and the same look, you know, that you expect from a contestant of a bachelor.
1: Yeah, I think that they saw that I was different. I think they saw those things, you know... I think they saw that A just having a therapist on there I think they thought would be intriguing but you know the naive part of me was like they really they you know really <laughs> want to help me find love too <laughs> That's the part
0: that
2: makes me laugh but and then you did fall in love Yep Yeah so that I tell think us about I'm, that. I'm yeah. still like uh, like I think that's how I started the, the the interview but also like it's still it doesn't sink in like you're very thoughtful I'm sure you put, like, a lot of, you know, energy and effort and into smart, your romantic you're smart. You're very intelligent. You're literally, you, you, <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> you. You counsel people on this topic. Yeah. So it seems like you wouldn't take it very lightly. Like, it's not something you'd bullshit. hmm
1: So how do you... In, in, you're <laughs> how on did this show for a, You know, for a month? For a month? Yeah. Um... What, of being on the show? How
0: how, well, how, yeah, how how long, like in terms of days or hours or months, That were you involved with the guy that you ended up ultimately getting engaged with?
1: Uh, well, we filmed for, gosh, I don't know, it was probably about four to five-ish weeks, my season. Uh, my season was a little bit different because we had the shutdown. Um, so there was an incident, we had to stop filming, and then we all came home, and then like a week and a half later, we went back and filmed again. So we filmed total. I'm thinking it was like four and a half weeks, maybe five. Wait, what incident? There was a an incident that we okay. had to stop filming for. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. And there's so always it, drama. It
2: sh- so yeah. was it just blind luck? Or did you feel a lot of pressure to fall in love?
1: Um there definitely was Pressure, and not just from like producers, I mean, even from other cast members, you know, there was so much of like they're gonna be the next Jaden Tanner, they're the next Jaden Tanner, where I would be like, Please stop, <laughs> like no, like i'm we're just getting to know each other, like I can still go on dates with other people, um, but yeah, it's there still is that pressure there, but I mean, you we definitely clicked the most out of anyone that anyone else that was on the beach so
2: it also is it seems like it's an interesting time where i don't think there's ever another time in people's lives where the focus is just to find love like most of the time you're working you're trying to survive you're thinking of, you got family shit you, you
1: yes but i would i would also say that's kind of different for women i think a lot of women do generally feel a day-to-day pressure to be in a relationship. That yep, a yep, lot of that's women... That's I wrote my book. Yeah, that a lot of women, <laughs> like, their worth and their value in society is deemed upon whether or not they are in a romantic relationship that deems them successful, quote-unquote. So, so I'm
0: glad you said that. That is
1: exactly true. It's been going on
0: since whenever. And yeah. even when I was growing up, it was even worse because it's mm-hmm. like, don't even bother getting a career. Just make sure you get yeah. the MRS degree. Mm -hmm. And you're in a, you know, a whole different generation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, in some ways, I think for the guys on the show, I think that might be like the first time that they're really intentionally for most, I mean, I'm just going to generalize here. uh, For most of them, it's the first time that they're really actually intentionally dating. But again, like I said, there's so many layers, so many layers to the show. Would you recommend Cam be The Bachelor? <laughs> or, or go on to
0: Bachelorette.
1: I would Which honestly one? love to see you on Bachelorette. Just oh like God. from what I know about you so far, I'm like this. This would be very entertaining if you were. I, on would, the be, show.
2: I would have a nervous breakdown.
1: Has there be ever been the a show? He, he for
0: sure would get on right. but There's no question they want a Woody <laughs> Allen character. They that's never been hit. I'm sure
2: there's never been a Woody Allen character. It'd be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> for everyone watching, it's, everyone it's, participating. <laughs> He'd be the one in the
0: corner, like shaking, going, yeah, I don't even know what just happened. (laughs) What just happened? It's certainly it's
1: not a walk in the park. I mean, even for the people who, you know, are just comic relief, who are really funny. Like, it's an intense experience. It's not just, oh, yeah, it was so fun. I was on this show. Like, no, I'm sorry. You're fucking lying. If that's what you're (laughs) saying in your interviews, like for almost everyone that I have met and was with on the show like even if you have a great edit even if you like find love it's a fucking hard thing to do yeah yeah Yeah.
2: i i had another did you have a question i had a
0: question because relating to that because i watch the show love is blind where they don't even see the other people Mm -hmm. i mean i always always tell you know young people kids or whatever you don't want to marry like the first person that you, you know, you, it's like a car. You don't want to buy the first car you ever drove. You want to mm-hmm. test them out, you know? Is this
2: related to sex or romance <laughs> in general?
0: Uh, I was relating for sure for sex. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. But romance in general, you want to have some, you know, and some of these people, you were so young. Mm-hmm. How do you know you are, how many relationships, like mature relationships, could you actually have had to compare it to?
1: Uh, from when I was on Paradise. Yeah. Think uh, about it. I was. I had I'd say two serious relationships in high school, and then in college, I dated my college boyfriend for about three years and we lived together, so he it he was, experienced.
0: yeah, it's, like my sound, but high school, come on, you're a teenager and, yeah, like I
1: would say yeah. before that i mean uh Ian, my college boyfriend he was probably like the most the most serious up until even today where we lived together and Dated each other for three years. He was also a therapist. Um, and I dated someone for about, like, eight months after him that uh, was the last person I seriously dated before going on the show.
0: Well, that's, that's a lot more than I anticipated because I think it's hard to have, like, relationship. To, you know, it's hard to find someone that you can jive with even once.
1: Mm-hmm. It is. Right?
0: Yeah. Would you agree that
2: Cam? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. It's extremely... <laughs> um, it's hard I, to find that I, I'm curious what and I'm, I'm conscious of our time over here so I think we got to start wrapping this up maybe we can do a little patron bonus where we play mom oh, don't ask that
0: teasing the audience there <laughs> teasing. Yeah, check us
2: out on patreon <laughs> patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom if you want to hear mom don't ask that but I want to know what you, you you went through college pretty quickly and mm-hmm. then directly into your master's program and it seemed like you had your eye on therapy Mm -hmm. Like for the whole time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: What made you so interested in it?
1: Well, I look at therapy and psychology, like the field of psychology in general as just like, it's the field of life. Like, When I took my first AP class, I was like, my first AP psych class, I was like, everyone should be forced to take this course. Like, this is like the most beneficial course in high school. Like, how cool is that? That your job could literally just be like these life skills. Um, I had a lot of extended family members pass away from cirrhosis and, you know, struggle with uh, alcohol addiction and just seeing that, you know, at a younger age was like, this is so preventable and like was really frustrated that, that this was happening. And Even in middle school, like I found myself very attracted to people who just had these layers of pain that they were covering up and trying to numb with different substances. And, you know, when I first experimented with alcohol and weed, like I maybe for about like three months drank and like only got tipsy and haven't drank since then. And, you know, I think it sounds like a, a female version of you. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big uh, substance person.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like I was always like drawn to that where I was like they're like going so deep into this world of drugs and alcohol to like numb and just I was like there's so many layers and I was like I want to get through these layers and Then after, again, like that psychology course in high school, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get my bachelor's in this. And through my bachelor's, um, I did a lot of group therapy with substance abuse rehabilitation. And it. I loved doing that work. But then I was also like, I'm really interested in sex therapy and I love counseling. And so getting my master's in counseling felt like a good route because it allowed me to just kind of be able to work with like a wide variety of clients where I wasn't, you know, specific to drugs and alcohol and I wasn't like specific to sex therapy, but now I'm going through training to be certified as a sex therapist because in most Counseling programs, you take one human sexuality course, even for licensed marriage and family therapists. There's maybe two courses around sexuality that you take, which is when, ridiculous, yeah, fucking
2: bonkers. Exactly, yeah. when
1: sex is like a huge part of our relationships, not only with our partners but with ourselves personally as well. So, um, going through training for that right now to be able to further assist my clients, and also just I'm learning a lot, so <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs>
0: It is a fun. It's a fun degree to have. I don't have it, but a lot of my friends went through the training. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have it by osmosis because I've done this for so many years. <laughs> yeah. But.
2: Yeah. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. I had a question. Oh, sorry, mother.
0: Have you ever walked in on a parent having sex or vice versa? We ask that to all our. <laughs> all, yeah. All our guests.
1: No, I've never walked in. Um, I definitely have like heard it happening. Um, like through the walls <laughs> and through the floor. Um, they've never walked in on me. I like they've always like knocked. Like they would knock and then we'd be like, you know, get your clothes on, or like we'd just be <laughs> underneath the covers, and I'd be like, Okay, hi, like we'll be out in a second.
2: <laughs> Has a producer ever walked in on you having sex?
1: <laughs> no, no, they they definitely knock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cam, you're supposed to ask her the question.
2: I, I we typically I, we typically start the show by asking, "How do you feel about talking about sex with my mom?" And then with we your end with the same question. Yes.
1: Oh, totally fine. I love it. <laughs> and, Thank you. I'm like, with, we could with your talk own mom? More, We could talk more sex with my own mom. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I've always been very, very honest with like everyone in my life. Like even my grandma. Like I call her mom. Mom. Um, like the first time I had anal sex, I was like. My mom, like, what do you do after anal sex? Like, is, no am I just going to, like, shit everywhere? Like, what's going to happen? Like, talking to my mom about it. And, you know, they'll definitely. You're,
0: no way. No. So what do they yeah. say?
1: Well, the first time I had my mom first, you know, she's like, Taylor, like, TMI. And I'm like, well, mom, <laughs> like, you're the only person. Like, if I can't go to you, who else am I supposed to go to? And <laughs> she was just, <laughs> she mainly laughed at me. And just like, Taylor, like, you're going to be fine. Like, just go, you know, sit on the toilet for a minute afterwards and, like, you know, she didn't give me like full out explicit advice because again, you know, she doesn't, she's not like a sex therapist or like, she, you know, feels more uncomfortable talking about these subjects than I do. Um, the main person that I talk about that kind of stuff with now is Rob, who I consider my chosen father. Um, he's been in my life since I was like five years old. And we literally were just having a conversation yesterday about, um, about orgasms and, um uh, different ways of like grooming pubic hair. Um, and we, we have all these conversations and to me, they're like, "Wait, so is that your stepdad? No, no. So he was best friends with my mom's boyfriend when I was like four years old. And when her boyfriend broke up with her, Rob was like, I'm going to stay in Taylor's life because she has no, he's, he's black and I'm half black, half white. And he was like, you know, she has no people of color in her life. Like, she's disconnected from her dad's side of the family, and her mom is white, and, her, you know, my now stepdad is also white. Um, and so, he was like, I'm going to stay in her life as, you know, not only a male role model that's consistent in her life, but that's also, like, a positive example of what a black man can be in her life. So, um, that's
0: awesome what a great find! Yeah,
1: yeah so we always referred to me as like his practice daughter <laughs> and Aww. um now I'm like yeah he's like my chosen father um and he has two kids now and they're like my sister my sister and brother and
0: it's awesome um,
1: yeah he's do you very- have any other siblings yeah so I technically have like 11 siblings on my father's side from different what languages. yeah
2: holy shit
1: yeah
0: damn <laughs> sounds yeah. like fun yeah. Yep, it's
1: it's a lot of fun. There's a whole lot of other things um, around my life that are definitely very, um, you know, unique. Like as we all do, we all have these unique things in our lives that totally. make who we are.
2: Damn, we should have been asking those. <laughs> we shouldn't have asked so many fucking bachelor questions. Oh, I love all of it. I can go on for another hour. Yeah. Well, if people want to hear more fr- uh, from you, mm-hmm. how do they find you?
1: Yeah, so the best place to find me is on Instagram, which is at Tay Mocha, T A Y M O C H A. And it's not because I'm brown, it's because my cat's name was Mocha Joe. So like I combined our names when I was little to say <laughs> Mocha, just because I'm a crazy cat lady. Um but yeah. Oh, um,
0: so is my daughter. You will introduce you to her. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, another crazy cat lady.
1: <laughs> yes, love, love the cats. Um, but yeah, on my Instagram, I have links in my bio for therapy, for the podcast, um, for vibrators, discount codes for vibrators. Ooh, this is my
0: girl over here. Everyone
1: could use. Um, and yeah, the podcast is called Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan, and it's on like every major podcast app. Uh, we also have a Instagram page for the podcast called Let's Talk About It underscore podcast, where you can keep up with all the things there. But yeah, the best place to find me is Instagram at Tamoka
2: perfect yeah
1: thank I gotta, you so I gotta much
0: say, I, I listened to the podcast i was i was astounded you're, you're a great interviewer oh, and you. uh yeah you did you, you do a nice job
1: thanks you guys are great you interviewers too. i appreciate thank having you. this conversation with you both
2: yeah will Likewise. you stick around for a little patron
1: yeah definitely
2: All Okay. Right. thank you guys for listening thank and you we, we love you to the moon and we'll talk to you soon Bye. bye so that
0: was taylor
2: nolan love her that was was, fun it
0: was really fun and really
2: enlightening yeah i was not expecting such an insightful interview i mean i think when you think of reality tv you think oh this is just nonsense you know i'm not going to get anything significant or deep from it let me tell you something i got a a deep dive and i enjoyed it we all did i'm ready to go on the bachelor
0: I can just imagine you on the VHS cam. I, I mean, we we alluded to it. She didn't seem like she thought it was a great fit for you, but that you should try.
2: No, I think she literally said it was it would be comedic entertainment.
0: Well, if you didn't start with that whole clowning thing,
2: it would be better. Mom, I, I would I would not enjoy it. I, I would be out of my fucking gourd the whole time. I'd be in the corner, as you described, like rocking <laughs> back and forth, crying to myself. Like, like, what did I do? Why did? And why so, am I here? I feel like I'm breaking everyone's heart, or I, no one likes me, or all these negative oh, shit.
0: And all these guys are so broy. I oh, the fucking in.
2: bro! Oh, you no think I want to get to know those other dudes? Are you kidding oh, me?
1: And then like even
2: him. if I'm if I'm on the Bachelor where I'm the only dude, then I have to deal with this idea that uh, what if I don't like any of them? I'm not gonna like any of them. No, you would be like, oh my God, what if they like me and
0: I'll have to hurt their feelings? I can't even tell them I want to, I can't even hold hands with them because they're going to be giving me
2: all kinds of diseases. No, I'd I'd hold hands. You'd hold hands? Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd hold hands. uh anyway she was great i I really enjoyed our interview with her and and i think our patron bonus is actually even better honestly right and the patron
0: bonus episode you're going to find out like i asked her a simple question that had to do with like what celebrity she sleep with and we ended up getting like why she has such a strong chemical connection with one of her lovers
2: i loved it i'm ready to follow every fucking tip that she doles out in that
0: well, you're going to hear a little tip about licking armpits, so that, that's, a, that's a little teaser. I it's gave a, a little, little teaser, Cam.
2: It is a tease. Uh, if you want to join our Patreon, not only is it a phenomenal way to support our show, fill our hearts with gold, gold bunnies and rabbits. and Gold bunnies? What is this? <laughs> <And> sprinkles <laughs> and all with, that with shit. Gold
0: bunnies are rabbits. Bunnies, rabbits? What, what is that? I,
2: I, I was just thinking of all the good things in life, you know.
0: Bunnies and rabbits. They're basically <laughs> one and the same, though. What's the difference? What hairs? What about <laughs> hares? Are hares included? Gold bunnies, rabbits, and hares? What where, where is this going?
2: <laughs> I had a serious brain fart there.
0: Oh, okay. Well, brain blast is the that's like the cool term right now. Bunnies, golden bunnies, rabbits and and all kinds of rodents. What are prairie dogs? Okay. <laughs> What's going on here?
2: Oh, my God. Have you
0: ever seen, like, a bunch of prairie dogs?
2: It's amazing. <laughs> okay, 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 back on track. I've, right. If you really want to support our show, patreon.com slash bob is the best way to do that. You'll hear bonus episodes like the one we just recorded with Taylor. You'll also be able to participate in our monthly uh, Zoom virtual hangout, which is happening this Tuesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo at 6 p.m. Pacific time, Bring your Corona. Bring be- your little
0: sneak. Get your little sneaky freak on. We call our our patrons and and fans of the show sneaky freaks. We even have merch that says sneaky freaks. So if oh, you yeah. guys if want you your want sneaky freak
2: merch, check out Sextalkwithmymom.com for our new dope ass merch. You can get
0: my book there. Buck games day cougars. There's all kinds of good stuff on that website. Go check it out.
2: And I really wanted to thank everyone who's been sharing this podcast with a friend. It makes it means the world to us. Share it with an enemy, for all I care. Share I mean, it; it really is. No, you don't self. want
0: to share it with the enemy. What do you mean, share it with an enemy? Maybe why they'll why become more
2: to? loving. They'll become yeah, more what? loving.
0: Uh, well, sh- you don't mean enemy. Share it with like a, a naysayer, someone who's you know like yeah, skeptical.
2: Say, find a naysayer and share it with them. <laughs> so, Prove them wrong. Prove us wrong. So I wanted to read someone's review that they left us, which we also fucking love. I I, I love this one. It says they seem like friends I want to hang with. By that's my favorite thing madigan and again uh five stars if only i could interject through my car stereo my thoughts while listening to the show my life would be complete keep up the great content you beautiful beings okay Aww. let me tell you something there's I a way would to interject love, i would love if you interjected fucking yes. call yes text mom after your goddamn show call it leave a voicemail and we'll fucking play it on our show, and we'll respond to it on the morning after show. Right now, you're you're right there. Just call, yes, text mom. And we'll let us fucking, know what you think.
0: Yeah. And let us know if you like golden bunnies. <laughs> yeah,
2: let us know. All right, well, I wanted to thank everyone. For, and if you want to help us out by la- leaving us a rating and review, that'd be wonderful. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash mom.
0: That way you can, it doesn't matter what platform you're using, if you're using Android, if you're using whatever. I'll
2: tell you exactly it. how to do it. Yeah,
0: they tell you now,
2: mother. And yeah,
0: yeah. Are we ready for a little golden bunny song? Yes. And let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and hopping along with the gold bunnies. Yes, you know that you know that was going. I work. knew
2: his bunnies was coming that way. Bunnies is coming. I fucking teed you up hard right there.
0: You did. I, I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Well, this you guys is a fun are, one. Thanks for you, listening.
0: You keep us going. We really enjoy hanging with you at all times on Instagram and all the other platforms. So just hang in there. It's a tough time. Everybody's having a little. Long goodbye, Mom.
2: Long goodbye.
0: I'm doing a long goodbye, but uh, well, we'll see you next time.
2: Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.